Blog Talk Radio. Good Saturday morning, my friends. The first Saturday of off the shelf for the brand new year. I hope you guys are getting off to a fabulously good 2012, and what a what a marvelous year it is turning out to be. We're excited to bring you our, our first guest of the new year here at Off the Shelf, which we're going. Heading toward our eighth year on the air. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time and to our faithful and loyal listeners, I thank you so, so, so much. The thousands and thousands of you, thank you. And welcome to Blog Talk Radio's Off the Shelf for this Saturday, January the 7th, 2012. And again, another new year. It is always a joy to have you here with us. I want to introduce myself to our brand new listeners. I'm your host, Denise Turney, coming to you live from the city of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And as always, I thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. And I encourage you not to let another day pass before you pick up a copy of Long Walk Up. It is a powerfully moving, inspirational book about a woman, a little girl actually, who goes on to become Africa's first woman president. And you can get a copy of Long Walk Up today by visiting www.chistochis.com. T-E-L-L.com. You can also grab a copy at any bookstore, online or offline, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, com. And if you don't see it on the shelf, just ask the clerk for it and they can get it for you because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. And I want to let you guys know my new book, Love Pour Over Me, will be out in just a few more weeks, and I'll let you know when that date, when that launch date arrives. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. Our special guest today is Erica Murray. Erica is a global business consultant, and she partners with business leaders, entrepreneurs, and artists to help them expand their brand and global presence Erica is also the author of the book, CEO to the Power of You. I love that title, CEO to the Power of You. And she would absolutely love it if you visit her online at www.ericamurray.com, and that's E-R-I-C-A-A, two A's, E-R-I-C-A-A-M-U-R-R-A-Y.com. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Erica. Good morning. Thank you so much, Denise. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you here with us this morning as our first guest for the brand new year going into our eighth season. So we're really excited about this. I want to just go right into the questions because I have so many questions I want to ask you so we can share a lot of advice with our listeners. I know when I tune in the radio show, sometimes I'm really getting so much information. And the show ends, and I'm like, oh, my God, I wanted more. So I want to give our listeners here a chance to get as much out of the interview as they possibly can. So to begin, when, when did you get started in the real estate industry, and what drove you to that particular industry? Well, that's interesting. I've been in the real estate perhaps maybe about 16 years and wow. uh, actually, my going into real estate was a fluke uh, as my academic training was not in real estate and I didn't have any desire. But I met a young lady, an uh, older lady, and we began to engage and we decided to start a business, which was initially a mortgage company. I had the funding. She had the knowledge, perfect marriage, so I thought. Uh, had this business partnership. It didn't work out at, in five days, <laughs> so <laughs> I'd invested a large deal of money, and so I had to make this work. So I had to dive in, learn as much as I can learn. And what I what what actually happened was I have a 
good sense of connecting with people and understanding their needs. So, therefore, my business began to flourish because I was more of a people person. I had actually acquired the knowledge um, in a crash course. And from that point forward, from mortgage to real estate broker to real estate developer in all angles of real estate, I've been able to acquire. So that's how I got there, just the love of knowledge, and I like to bring things that don't exist to fruition. Wow. So you went into it thinking, okay, this is going to really be a good business. You go in with somebody else. That doesn't particularly work out. And then you know, realize, i got to make this work. I've got to make it work. And, you know, I, there's an there's a, a, a author who hit the best-selling list, best-sellers list. That's what happened with her. She didn't partner with anybody, but she put her whole life savings into her first book, and it hit the best-seller list. And she said she posted, post, put up posters everywhere, and she told her daughter, we got to make this work. we got to make this work. <laughs> it work. Yes, right. And sometimes, you know? <laughs> sometimes it's so – we want to be comfortable – and, and sometimes it's those situations you're in where you're like, I have to make this work that you really achieve your greatest success. When you have too many options, you kind of lack a basical and not really putting as much into it as you might if you felt like this is, I've got to make this work. Right. This uh, is it. My, my tell, money is in there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Can you tell our off-the-shelf listeners about three to four skills? Because I think we carry things from each job, each experience forward with us. Can you tell our listeners about three to four key skills you gained while you were in the real estate industry that you use today as a business owner and as somebody who's helping other entrepreneurs build and expand their brand? Um, I would say the first one is to have an open mind because sometimes Mm -hmm. we are persuaded by different things around us, images. You know, people pay millions and billions of dollars to brand our minds. So I would say one I've learned to have an open mind. I've learned to approach each situation as if it's a new situation, something I've never actually encountered before because that keeps me on what I call orange, which is high alert, to make certain that I'm analyzing things properly. Mm. I would say to be determined to produce a positive outcome. And then finally, I would say uh, to be just a very good listener uh, because when we find that we skim people's conversations, we hear them talking, but we're not listening to them. So I think listening is essential for you to continue to grow. So that would be the four key things that I would encourage people to incorporate in their lives. Wow. Did, you, did any of those skills you learned come come from hard lessons? Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, my training ground and my work has been in a male-dominated field. So men actually do things differently, which I've had to up my testosterone game <laughs> in, order to, <laughs> in order to work with them. But that's, those are some of the key things that I've learned because men, they're, they're, uh, their lives are so different from ours in that their responsibilities tend to be greater, especially when they're married, they take on a wife and kids. And they have to be so focused. They have to be they, they remove emotion, but they're determined because they know that there are people that are depending on them. And in order for them to reset, they have to be great listeners. So I picked up these skills from them um, as I've gone through my career. Now, granted, perhaps many men don't use the listening skill at home, <laughs> but you best <laughs> believe in the workplace they are listening to everything wow. that's happening in order for them to meet their goals. So, yes, I pick those things up and I incorporate them, and I'm a quick study 
So therefore, in my observing things, I felt like if I don't incorporate these quickly, I'm going to be on a losing edge in this industry in which I am a great part of. Wow. You just kind of led into my next question I wanted to ask you. You said that Donald Trump is your mentor. I wanted to ask you, why do you consider him to be one of your key mentors? And what what key business tips and advice have you gained so far from him? The, the, you know, when you say mentorship, people oftentimes believe it's someone you have to touch. But when you observe someone who's in a position that you desire to be in, you know, you have to learn everything you can the best way you can. And for me, that was reading all of his books. That was if he was being interviewed, watching, listening to what he says. Uh, I've gone to conferences where I've paid thousands of dollars to hear him speak for three to five minutes. Wow. Just to ob- just oh, my him. Um, just observe him to see how he he interacts, what's his mannerisms, you know, in person, not just in television. So I wanted to be a key negotiator in real estate. This guy is one of the largest uh, real estate developers that, you know, our country has seen. So if I want to be the best, I have to learn from the best. He's the best at what he does in his professional career, real estate. That was the reason I chose him. And, you know, I think that's a good point. I heard, I think it was 50 Cent who said his grandfather said to him once, why are you hanging around people who haven't achieved what you, you hope to achieve? You need to be around people who are doing, already doing what it is you want to do. And so when you say mentor or just somebody we admire, it's somebody who's doing what you want to do, to be around people who who are at the same level you, you are, or not achieving much at all, That's we influence each other. That's not the best approach uh, toward, toward achieving your goals. So I think that's good to pick a mentor who, who who's where you would like to be, but someplace where you really believe you can also a- obtain or get to that level yourself as well. And I want to ask you next, for our, a lot of our listeners, Erica, are writers and artists, and do you think it's possible for writers and artists, I think a part of a good, a good business skill is you, you said active listening. You have to really listen because you're going to do some heavy negotiating in business. Is it possible for writers and other artists to you to succeed without having solid negotiation skills? Uh, you know, it all depends on whether or not they are readers if they're quick studies, and if they have the personality to negotiate. And if not, that's okay because they have to do what it is that they're good at. And if they're good at uh, music or if they're good at writing, then I always suggest you pay somebody to do what they're great at. And perhaps there may be someone else that's great at negotiating and Ah. they're great at their skill. So I say be exceptional at your skill set and hire someone who's exceptional at theirs. And I tell people through consulting, if you are a good baker and you bake excellent cookies and you're not a good business person, the only way that you're going to keep your revenue coming is if you're baking cookies. Bake cookies, hire someone who's going to help get your business Ah. in order, 
and you're going to continue to earn money. It's okay that you're not good at it, but begin to learn and glean from the people that you hire from so that you can acquire some of those skills because it's not good enough to be in an environment with someone and hang out with them. What's great about being in an environment is that I'm not only there with you hanging out, but I'm picking up some of your characteristics. I'm learning from you as I'm in that environment. If I'm not learning from you, you have no purpose in my environment. Wow. Wow, you, I know that may sound a bit cold and callous. No, but. no. I, I, from a business perspective, we're not talking about friends here. We're talking about from a business perspective. You, you gave me an interesting insight on that. Do what you're good at. Because a lot of uh, writers are solopreneurs today. They're doing everything, and, and they have to. The, the marketing, the publisher might not put as much behind that. So a lot of writers are wearing like three and four more hats. But that's interesting that you say that. And I think the best-selling authors do do that. They focus on the writing, and then they leave the rest to, to somebody else who does that, which if you don't have the finances, you might have to learn for a while to do it all yourself until you are able to financially pay somebody to the, who's really good at it to start well, picking that up. Well, I don't know you. about that part, that part because, yes, you know, um, one of the things is actually finding someone who's great at branding uh, marketing and getting you in the door. But the other side of that, on the negotiation side of it, is if you don't have a large budget but you have an excellent product and you hire someone who acknowledges that you have an excellent product, that person you can pay for performance. So if that person finds gets you a book signing and you say, okay, I give you 10% of all the sales that we earn or 15% of all the sales, that person that's branding a publicist who are push, who's pr- pushing you forward and branding your name, then that's more motivation for them. So if they get 100 people, they get 10% of it. If they get 500 people. So now that's this new thing that's pay per, pay per performance. I'm not going to give you this large retainer. You know, we're all in this to win money. So why would I pay you 20000 and there is no guarantee for a return on my investment? When I say if you, we do pay for performance, if you're really into the product that I have, then you're going to be like, okay, that's great. I'm going to go for 1,000 people or the sky is the limit on their earning potential. Wow. See, already you, you uh, to our off-the-shelf listeners and the authors who tune in, I'm sure they are learning something here from Erica Murray that may benefit them for years and years to come. At your website, www.ericamurray.com, ericamurray.com, you talk about the importance of a business being global. And when I when I was researching for the interview, I thought, well, how many people think isn't having a website enough to take a business global? Isn't that enough? No, it's really not enough. <laughs> you know, we all have websites, but when I talk about the importance of global business, if you intend to be in business, let's say within the next 20 years, you have to keep pace. Many of your larger corporations are already international firms. They're doing business. Take Coca-Cola, for example. Coca-Cola prides itself on being the first cola to arrive in any territory. So if it's an undeveloped country, they go and introduce their product first. What I'm saying is that you have to get out of just being, um, uh, I would say, in one culture. You have to expand your cultural base. Because it doesn't matter what ethnicity we are. We all, when we have a problem, it's a problem. If I have a $5 problem and you have a $50,000 problem, it's still a problem. So what we have to realize is that, you know, on our journey in life, we are all 
on a journey, but the voyage is the same. Even women from different ethnicities, you know, if we're dating, well, you know, if our heart is broken, it doesn't matter if a Hispanic guy or Asian right, guy, we still right. experience heartbreak. So what right. I'm saying here, when it with regards to business, you have to think that way in business. I have to be able to connect globally in order for me to have business that's coming, uh, that I'm having that's a constant business. So just to have a website is not good. To use your social networking site. Begin to connect with people in London. Begin to connect with people in the Caribbeans or the Dominican Republic. You begin to learn about their culture. And then if you have a product or service, you'll know whether or not there's a market for your product or your service. But if those people begin to know you in those different areas, now you're doing something. And I think that, you know, with uh, tweeting and Facebooking, all of that's great. LinkedIn, if you're using it the right way. You know, if you're in business and you're using it the right way, you know, this is your mindset is to always be business first. You have enough personal things going on right. off of the social networking site. You don't have to bring it to the social networking site. So I'm getting my nails done. I'm having a pedicure. Who cares? You know, yeah. what's going on in your business? <laughs> right. What's great about your business? How did your business go to uh, from great to greatness? That's what we want to know, and that should be your constant. That should be at the constant forefront of your mind, and you have to connect globally. If you do not connect globally, your business may cease to exist within the next five to ten years, because mm. you know. Again, okay, we went through this thing. Everybody needs to have a passport. Do people actually think like if we have a major catastrophe, you could have millions of dollars in the bank without a passport? You can't get to another country, right? So we wow. have to begin to think globally, not just from the neighborhood. You know, we got to take you to the state, to other states, to other countries. That has to be your mantra. I have to step from state to state, country to country, you know, planet to planet. You need to be really thinking out of this world. That's, and, you know, a lot of major artists, that is how they think. And, you, and, and, and businesses, they, they usually start local and really put a lot of roots and and become a great influencer locally. Then they just start spreading. They may start in their city, then their state, then they'll go tri-state. Then they'll just start spreading toward regions, then the whole country, then they'll go international. The NBA's done it. I mean, they started basically here in the United States, and then they started having a few games in other countries. And that's, that's, that's again, the going global, you might not start out that way for some businesses, but you can start locally and then just start branching out, branching out, branching out, branching out. Can you tell us uh, about some of the services, Erica, that you offer to entrepreneurs, small business owners, writers, and other creative authors at your company? Well, what we do is we actually devise a plan. We want to know where it is that you want to go. When you tell us where it is you want to go, we give you every aspect of it. We build a framework that lets you know, okay, this is how your organization is going to operate. If people come in, they have to follow this protocol. So as you're growing, you're not trying to put a framework in place. It's already there, and it's, being, it's managing your growth because we've already projected the growth based on our marketing tactics, based on our strategic positioning, based on your competitors. So what we do as a global business consultant is we consult, the, we, we build this, this, this framework. We take nothing or a few ideas, and we bring it into this big house. It's almost like a mansion, and every part in this mansion, every room in it has its function, and that wholeness is what's going to give you the success that it is that you 
you do, that you're actually after or you're chasing. Um, and it's uh, it's quite interesting because we work across a large spectrum of different industries, and so we have a lot of knowledge, but then we make certain that we are researching in detail uh, your particular industry to actually catapult you to the platform in which you would like to be in. And I really want to drop something else, go back and drop something else. You spoke about artists and writers not having a lot of money. And I want to go back to the social networking site. When you connect with people on a social networking site, and you may not have a lot of money, but when you connect with them and they have 50,000, 15,000 followers, why not send them a private message and ask them to tweet something about you and you'll pay them $25? I mean, you got 15,000 people for $25. So you're looking at, you know, that's less than two cents, you know, per person that you're reaching. But, again, we have to be a bit more savvy. When you have nothing, see, when you come from nothing, you become very creative. Yeah. <laughs> so, that if you is have true. no money, you have to be creative. But, again, using the social networking for uh, for positive and for business purposes, you have to be. You have to think about it. What about those people who tweet and it's connected? They have fifteen thousand Twitter followers, but it's connected to their Facebook, their LinkedIn, their MySpace. So now you get maybe about sixty thousand people. So you have right. to think that way. How do I connect? How do I get in there and get people on my side? And then what you do is you have a large following base and you tweet something for them. Or if you have a large following base and they have a product, then you tweet. One day for them, and then one day they're tweeting to their followers for you. That is building a team. That that is uh, that is very very important. Whether you do that online or offline, I am completely in agreement because I don't think anybody becomes tremendously successful. You can certainly maybe survive on your own, but to reach tremendous levels of success, you have. To build a team, Eric, can, can you tell our off-the-shelf listeners about two to three companies you've worked with and helped achieve help them achieve a greater level of business success? Um, I've worked with um, a company out of uh, let's just say Canada, um, and it's called Equifluid. New name Alpha Alpha Wastewater, which is a wastewater treatment facility. Um, they have different regions. So I've worked in the region in Canada, and I've also worked with the region in the Caribbean. Uh, the region in Canada just partnered with uh, the People's Republic of China, and they've ordered $600 million worth of systems from them because China has a large population, 1.3 billion people, and um, they're needing to have uh, better use of their water. So this wastewater treatment facility is the number one in the country right now, and uh, they're actually – um, implementing it within their wastewater program there in China. And also in their CARICOM region, they're expanding out to Latin America and South America. So I've allowed them to build these partnerships. I've done a lot of research to help them build partnerships for them to be able to acquire another $100 million in contracts in those developing countries. Um, when it comes down to uh, smaller businesses, I've worked with an author before, um, uh, what I find sometimes is that um, it's a challenge to work with some people based on their thought process. But one of the mm -hmm. things that we have to realize as professionals, and I'm I'm a very direct consultant. Um, I don't sugarcoat things. I'll tell a client, my second statement to them is, if you were where you wanted to be, you wouldn't be here with me, which means that I need you to respect my knowledge. I don't need you to right. be in a tug of war with me about the information I'm providing to you because you're good at what you're doing, and I'm exceptional at what it is that I do. So 
let me help you get to exceptional. So mm-hmm. um, those are a couple of companies that I've worked with that I won't violate their privacy policy by saying that right. um, um, uh, to help them to achieve their goals. Um, but, again, like I said, you know, when we invest in spending money on something, we have to make sure that we're spending money on the right thing in order to okay. grow the business. And you mentioned research, and I want to talk about your book next. Well, you mentioned research, and I'm finding more and more it's very important before you launch a business not only to create a detailed business plan, and if you don't have experience doing that, maybe working with somebody who does or taking a course to learn how to do it, but to also do some market research because you could actually launch a business in an in an industry that's dying. So and you would know that, and you would know that in the next couple of years, this industry is trending toward really being in bad shape. You wouldn't know that if you hadn't done market research. So that's that's also important, understanding your client and your customer, and and the and the market and the industry that you're also in. I want to talk about your book, CEO to the Power of You. How did you arrive at the book's title, and does that title uh, hold any special meaning? It does. I um, I I would encounter a lot of people who said, you know, you're good at what you do. You know, you know, how do you do this and how do you do that? And I thought, hmm, you know, anybody could do this. I'm, it's not just for me. Um, and because I was a CEO, and a lot of the things that made me successful were the principles in business. So I fused the principles in business with our personal lives to let us know that we're not two separate people. If you go to work every day at this Fortune 500 company, you're arriving every morning at 8 or 8.30, and you're leaving at 5, you take an hour lunch, two 15-minute breaks. That's structure. And I'm saying don't leave the structure at your place of employment. Bring structure home. You know, do the same thing. Be on time. You know, do things with purpose. If you say I'm going to clean the house on Tuesday, clean the house on Tuesday. Why should it be negotiable? Mm-hmm. You know, you're tired when you go to work. Why not give yourself more than 100% when you're giving them 100% for a paycheck? Certainly your life is greater and, and worth more. So I fused mm-hmm. the principles of business. I felt like I wanted to grow the CEO in you. Don't think CEOs are just Jack Walsh or, you know, Donald Trump. You too are a CEO, but you are the CEO of the most powerful corporation in the world, and that is you. Before you could run anything else, you got to run you with structure, order, and mm-hmm. discipline. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely true. Tell us about some of the topics that you focus on and CEO to the power of you. So our listeners are listening. They're like, you know, that's something I want to know more about, so I'll get the book. What are some of the topics that you cover in CEO to the power of you? Well, the book is broken into three parts. The first part talks about what is success, and I help you to define what is success to you, not what success is to everybody around you, your company, your family. No, let's hone in on what is it to you. And some people haven't even thought about it. They've just gotten into the rat race and figure success is getting a corner office or success is the million-dollar house or the Bentley. or the. And, no, that's not true in ultimate success because it's found in a deeper place. So I go through three chapters of success and defining it and analyzing where you are and do you have to characteristics for success and if not this is what you need to cultivate in your life the second part of the book is to change your thinking i go into how you think how did you arrive at that thought process why do you do it time to excavate your thoughts talk about western and eastern philosophies of thoughts which builds our minds and i talk about being holistic and the third part is creating a corporate life structure for yourself um it's that part of it is uh kind of parallel to a business plan 
this is your life structure, though. This is what I want to see. This is this is what I want to be, and this is how I'm going to get there. So I broke it down into three parts. A really interesting book. I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. People, I've had somebody who read the book three times already and said, hey, wow. you know, um, I keep getting something different every time I read this book. And I've had people post on my Facebook page, you know, the book is simple. This is a book they're going to always come back to. Because I was very uh, um, comedic in writing because I want you to be at ease. At, and, and I'm letting you know it's okay if you're not on the right track. But here is here is how we're going to get there. Because so many self-help books don't, they tell you a lot of philosophical things, but they don't give you step-by-step how to get there. And at the end of each one of my chapters, there are pointed questions that I ask you for you to write down for you to get to that particular place. Okay, and I know you have a chapter in CEO to the Power You that's titled, Someone Will Control Your Thought. Yes, I do. You you talked about thought briefly earlier when you were talking about this uh, topics in your book, what do you mean by someone will control your thought? Is that from an advertising perspective? Because, and I'm asking this since the uh, we're the only person who has the authority to choose what we dwell or focus on. I mean, somebody can give us an idea, we can see an image or something that we can't control, but we do. We are the only ones who have the authority, and that's pretty amazing that we were created that way. We're the only ones who have the authority. That is worth saying a thousand times. We are the only one who has the authority. No other force, nothing has it, to choose what we dwell or focus on. So I wanted to ask you, which is where a lot of our power, and that's how our lives are shaped, by what we dwell and focus on. And you have to remember, you're the only one who has the authority to choose that. But what do you mean by someone will control your thought? Um, I mean that, you know, with all of the branding going on, you know, it's going to be it's, – it's a challenge to excavate all the things that we've learned thus far from branding. It's kind of like you see a Coca-Cola bottle or they'll show you the Coke on TV and the, the cola is fizzing with ice and, you know, automatically you can taste it in your mouth, you know. So there can, there's a certain degree of control, but you have the power, like you said, to override. You have executive power. And lots of times I talk about television. Turn the television off. Disconnect from that. You know, begin to process and think for yourself. Even when you go to work, although your boss said you have to do X, Y, and Z, there's still a certain way that you can do X, Y, and Z. It doesn't have to overtake your thought. If it's something that's not of integrity, you have the power to say, I don't think that this is operating in integrity and I have a problem with this. And, of course, you know, if they say, well, this is what you have to do, you know, you can put that in writing to cover yourself, to know that you know that this is not a good thought. And in some some shape, form, or fashion, there are going to be people who are controlling it, but you can minimize the control that they have on your thought process about something. Even if you're in a in a, in a certain type of situation, I'm thinking about my heroine Harriet Tubman. Even as she was a slave, her thought process was obviously transforming because she didn't stay one. So, so you you we have control of of we're the only ones who have the authority. And I love that we were created that way by our source. That we are the only one who has the authority to choose what we focus on it. But we 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 don't think that. That's the case. We think some form, force, or something is controlling our mind. Nope. Mm-mm. Every single person, the only one who has the authority to choose what you focus on is you. So you can you just have to start focusing on something else 
that leads you toward what you want, and then your life will start to change. That said, Erica, I wanted to ask you, and and thought work is the probably the most difficult work a human will do. It's probably the most difficult work because we've been programmed, yeah. and we have to reprogram ourselves. But is is it important that we transform ourselves mentally and physically before we achieve our goals? Is 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 it important? And if it is, Erica, can you give us a few simple practical steps we can take to begin to transform ourselves so we can we can start moving toward reaching our goals? I do think that, you know, you have to change the way that you think about things. You have to change the way that you view things in order for you to move forward and to accomplish your goal. And in order for you to do that, once you change your thinking, it's going to make it's going to it's going to force you to change your environment, which is going to force you to change the people that you're around. And I think that the reason many people are having a challenging time moving forward is because they're not willing to accept those realities. Change my wow. thinking, change the people, change the environment. Because people, some people have a negative response to change as opposed to embracing change as something yes. positive that's going to catapult them to a new paradigm in life. And, you know, if the people that you were hanging out with to get you where you needed to be, you would be there by now. Mm. So if wow. you're not there, is, is it, whose fault is it that you're not there? It is time for you to network on a different level. It doesn't mean just because I'm from the hood that, you know, I can't, I can't still, you know, holler back at the hood. But I always ask people, what has the hood done for you? You know, and I don't mean that in a condescending manner. You know, the hood shows love in, in many instances, but, you know, that love is what's going to help help you to network and move out to a different paradigm to go to another level so that you can reach back and pull the hood forward with you if that's what you desire to do. But there has yeah, to be you know, a separation in thought. And, and, you know, that 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 what you just said, It there is, I think a lot of us at some point, maybe not all wrestle with that, Leaving, feeling like we're leaving somebody behind. And a lot of people, when they become successful, they try to drag they, all their friends along with them. But to become successful yourself, and then other people see it can be done. They see how you did it. You don't, you don't give them handouts. You just show them if you do this too, which is what Christ does. If you do this too, I can't do it for you. But if you do this too, you can get here too. To show people. To be that type of a of a of a teacher with your life to show somebody if you do this you can get the same result that that I also got. I want to just talk very briefly though. You mentioned something about we may change our thoughts. We may be you know passionate about reaching another level, but we don't want to change our environment. We and and and, and maybe the people that were around Erica, they're they're they're, they're doing well themselves, but to get to the next level. We're going to have to even, I mean, just life itself is going to cause us to distance ourselves, whether it's just in a business area, from those people. Nothing's wrong with those people because nothing's wrong with anybody, I don't think. But right. you just to move to the next level, you're going to go up to another level where other diff- other people are than the people you're currently with. That can be a struggle because it's almost like um, – when you see somebody transition or die, what we people call die, it's like you're letting something go that you might feel, I'll never get it back. So how, how do you move through that struggle to get to the to the next level? 
Uh, I would probably say that, you know, if you're worried about letting something go and whether you're going to get it back, perhaps you're not supposed to have that anyway. Wow. (laughs) If it doesn't come back, you're not supposed to actually have any engagement with it anyway. Now, one of the things that I – let me try to paint this picture. It's kind of like – I don't know if you've ever heard people say it's lonely at the top. You've heard that phrase, right? Yes. Okay. Well, as you are elevating from level to level – you know when you get on the airplane, we're all we're on the ground, we're on a tarmac, we're about to take off. Well, as we're taking off, notice that this aircraft is uh, airtight. Nothing can get in, nothing can get out, right? Mm-hmm. No, no air could get in, no air can get out. There's a ventilation system on this plane that recycles the air that's already there. The reason why it's that way is because at every altitude that that plane is going up in the air, there's going to have to be a different pattern of breathing through that because the air gets thinner as you go up into, you know, a higher altitude. Mm-hmm. So is it with your career in life. Every altitude mm-hmm. you go to, you're having to change your breathing. You well, know, yeah. whereas you may be mm-hmm. breathing at one pace, it's going to change because the air is getting thinner. And the air is getting thinner with knowledge because the higher you go, it's less people with knowledge because people, by and large, will not read. We're putting all of this information into a book. I have a life-changing book that's out. People are telling me it's, it's transforming their lives. But a lot of people won't read. So mm. one of the things that I say is I don't give away free books because if I give it to you, you definitely won't read it. And if you buy <laughs> it, that's an investment. No, I'm just saying. You buy the book, that's it's right. an investment. So there's a greater chance you're going to read it because you spent your money on it. So, no, I don't give away free books. I'll definitely give you a free autograph, but not a free book. (laughs) And what I'm saying in that is that it's okay. You have to know that when you set your goals for success, the higher you go, the limited amount of people that are going to be there because you're setting yourself aside and apart, and your breathing is going to have to change. Sometimes you're going to be able to take consistent breaths, and sometimes you're going to have to take a deep breath, and you're going to have to exhale slowly because now you're learning to live at a different altitude in life. So, you know, you can't take everybody with you, and you have to look at it as we're all, at this particular point, before you chart out a course of success, you're you're amongst people, and you can't even see all the people because you all are on the same level. But as you begin to put your plan of action into place, you're rising above the crowd. So now you can see the millions of people below you, not that they're below you in a condescending manner, but they've not yet reached the point in their mind where they're ready to change and transform their lives. So Mm. as you go up and up and up, you're realizing I am becoming, you know, acquainted with people who are like-minded in thought. And when we separate ourselves, we don't separate on the premise that we're better than. We separate on the premise that we choose to think differently. That's the separation. I'm so glad you said that because I think that's what some some of us struggle with. We feel like it's almost uh, sending a message of I'm different or better than. No, that is never the case. The only one source created all of us. That will never be the case. But you're thinking differently. And so now it seems like you're separate. You're in, in with a group of people who think the way you do. And as you continue to change your thing, you hit that right on the that nail right on the head. What what is baseline, Erica? What do you mean when you refer to baseline? Now, when I say set your baseline, your baseline is this. It's just that constant thing that will keep you balanced throughout the transformation. Uh, for example, I know when my son was uh, 
growing. He wanted to go through these phases of, um, I want to get my hair twisted. I want to texturize. I wanted to braid. I wanted to grow. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Here's your baseline because things are going to always be <laughs> trending. This is the thing that's going to keep you, you know, uh, grounded. So we're going to keep you with just a regular little Ivy League haircut. And through all these trends, this is going to be your baseline because this is what defines you, not the trending. And so mm-hmm. in that, that's what I mean by setting your baseline in life. Although I give you uh, different um, uh, elements that contribute to that as far as, like, are you a, determ- a person of determination? You know, are you a person who uh, who's focused? Those are the things that are setting the baseline for your life. Uh, with regards to CEO to the power of you. Because when you know what your strengths are, when you know what they are, what tends to happen is you stay on course. But when you don't know what they are, you just jump on any little bandwagon that comes along, you ride it until the wave is no longer there. And, of course, most times when we do that, we we suffer a lot of heartache and heartbreak. Mm. Okay, so baseline, and this is for off-the-shelf listeners, who might just be tuning in. We're talking with Erica Murray. She is the author of CEO to the Power of You, and she also is a global business consultant. She works with business leaders, entrepreneurs, and artists to help them expand and grow their brand and their global presence. And Erica Murray is online. You can actually go on and check out our website as we come down to the last few, about 15 minutes of today's show. She's online at www.ericamurray, and that's E-R-I-C-A-A, two A's. So, again, that's E-R-I-C-A-A-M-U-R-R-A-Y.com. So you can check out and read and, and check out some of the information about her book as we continue to talk about her book and her business here on Off the Shelf today. And, again, her title of her book is CEO to the Power of You. So, Eric, I wanted to ask you, do you think success is an is is an ongoing experience from a business perspective? And when you talk about in your book, CEO to the Power of You, you're talking not only about to people who entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and people who have businesses, but also just to the a person living their everyday life, they may not own a company and may not ever want to own a company, but how they can better manage their lives. That said, do you believe success is an ongoing experience, or do you think there's like this destin- destination? You know, when you're a kid, you say, I want to grow up and be the president of the United States, and then when you reach that, it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Or is there something right. after that? Do you think it's something that never ends, or there's a, there's a final destination? I don't think that there's a final destination. Your final destination is when you leave this earth. <laughs> so I think that success is ongoing because as you accomplish goals, you begin to learn more about yourself. You begin to learn more about the things that <clears throat> excuse me, you desire in life, which then give you a new set of goals to accomplish. So also in the book I write about a person, once you believe that you've arrived, and you are merely existing, and to exist is to be present without participation. So I think that success is going to, it's just a life journey because there are different things that you're going to learn along the journey that's going to, uh, it's like opening up a mystery, but when you walk into the mystery, it's yours. And so when you walk into this mystery, now you have to define it because I didn't know that I was an excellent communicator. So now Ooh. I've walked into this mystery of knowing that I communicate 
fairly well I, or I communicate at an exceptional level. So now that I communicate at an exceptional level, and I didn't know this, now I think that perhaps I should be a public speaker because I'm now uh. a speaker. It opens up a new window. And then when you go from, from being an excellent communicator to a public speaker, then you become a personal mentor. And then when you become a personal mentor, it opens up another door. So success is really never accomplished in life until we decide we close our eyes and this is the end. But... Yes, for your personal life. The book is not written just for business people. This is a book for everyone. I did a four-college uh, tour a few months back in Atlanta, and this book, I've had college students to tell me that this book is life-changing for them. And if I had gotten that information when I was 18, 19, or 20, right. I believe that I would be further along in life. So wow. what I'm working on now is having these uh, colleges to utilize this book as a resource for maybe their freshman seminar or their student success program so that students can tap into it because I've written it in a manner that is it's, it's funny, but you're all I give so many examples uh, that people can connect with uh, so that they can apply this information to their lives because to give one information without a proper process of application is to have not given them the information at all. So mm. in the book, I'm actually helping you to be able to apply these principles to your life, and it's not anything that's, like, so life-changing that you would be so uncomfortable that you can't manage. You know, in, in, in any change or any positive change, let me say that, things are going to be a little uncomfortable. You want to save more money, okay, you can't go out and eat or go to happy hour every Friday anymore because now you need to save that money. So that's a little right. uncomfortable because it's changing your life. Well, it's okay that it's changing your life in a positive. What you need to do since you're not going out to happy hour is pick up a book and read it. Because wow. reading, and this is the thing that I'm so troubled about with, with uh, actually writing this book, is that it is difficult to get people to read. And I'm saying reading is your power. Acquiring this knowledge is unlike anything else. People can tell you anything. When you read something for yourself, you know it to be true. Mm, 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 mm. And how, that's what how, I mean about I'm sorry about disconnecting from the TV. Why are we so consumed with all of these reality TV shows? You're continuing to make them rich, as in funding, not wealthy, because they're also on a chase for something else. You're continuing to make them rich while you are in poverty, and I mean poverty knowledge-wise. Whereas you could turn a TV off and you can uh, actually funnel some information into yourself. That's going to make you wealthy because with knowledge you become wealthy. Rich is money. Wealth is money and knowledge. That should be the goal. Oh. Okay. How have you, Erica, been able to marry your consulting business with your book business? How have you pulled this off? <laughs> Pulling <laughs> off success goal is still ongoing. Um well, what I do is uh, when I go into a company, most times I'll have now I have the the, the the actual decision maker to read the book, and then I also will encourage them to have their staff to read the book because everybody has to be on the same wavelength as in thought and understanding that change is coming. This is why the change is coming. Define how you're going to fit into this change, you know, or even if this change is for you. So now that the company is making a decision, you make a decision as well. Do I really belong with this company? Do I need to seek another company? Then that allows the company to say, okay, well, you don't want to be the company anymore. You can't, you know, get on board with the changes. You know, it's a separation for everyone, but there has to be a meeting of the mind. And I also say that, you know, we can be friends with someone or be in relationship with them for a long period of time, but until we meet in the minds, we are strangers. 
So some of us have been friends with people for 20 years, but they've not even met us in the mind with our thought process. Wow. So they're yet a stranger. And then you'll meet somebody tomorrow, and you connect on every level. See, no, that person is not a stranger because you all have connected in the mind. And most times people get that confused. Well, I've been knowing you 20 years, but you don't know me. You know the yes. physical person. You don't know the mental yes. person. Wow. So, you, you know, and I so hear that. Go ahead. No, go I ahead. hear I hear more and more of that. And I think that, that, that that's going to happen even more as, as we start to really awaken and remember what we are. And we're a lot more than these bodies, which a lot of times we think that's all we are. But we're a lot mm-hmm. more than that. And Anthony Robbins, who's who's a great speaker, I mean, Tony an incredible uh-huh. speaker. He said we all have rituals or patterns, and you can tell what your patterns are or somebody else you're observing patterns are by what's in our lives. He said what we look like. He said, for example, you can look at somebody and tell they have a pattern or ritual of going to the gym and working out either on a treadmill, the stair stepper, or lifting weights just by looking at their body. And you can look at somebody and tell, well, that really ain't their ritual. (laughs) You can Mm -hmm. look at Mm -hmm. us and tell Mm -hmm. some of our patterns. You can look at people who always look sad and know they're thinking defeated type of thoughts a lot. That's why they look down. Or you can look at somebody and see they're happy and you know what's what's going on. And some of that comes from our childhood programming and we have to work harder sometimes to get out of that. But you can look and see. People don't even have to talk. And you can see the rituals and the patterns that we ourselves have and other people have. And a good example is if you get up every morning, just observe yourself for a few days. See if every morning you don't get up in a similar type of mood complaining about maybe some of the same things that you if you do you wear about the same stuff every day the same things those are rituals those are patterns you have to break those if you want to if you want to change so that said that we all have these rituals and patterns all of us I think I think I, I I can agree with that to a certain uh to a certain end because and and I have great respect for Tony Robbins. He is a, a a great life coach for many. You know, he's a very good motivational speaker. However, when we begin to uh, look at people for their rituals and their trends and their patterns, what happens is a certain degree of that becomes perception, because our minds have been programmed to perceive certain images in a certain way. And mm-hmm. had you ever thought that if someone was overweight, perhaps they have bad knees and the, and they're sick and the medication that they're on are steroids, which makes them eat, which makes them gain weight, and until this is under control. So they can't even go to the gym to work out because of their muscles. So, again, we have to be very careful with those perceptions that we have of people. And then, again, you know, where did a person, like you say, it can go back to your childhood. You know, if I live in a defeated environment, if I live in a housing project that's two miles, has a two-mile radius, and all I see are poor people using uh, you know, uh, federal subsidized or they're living in federal subsidized housing and using benefits from the federal government, what else do you want me to see? Because the schools in my district as well, they're very poor schools because they're not a high tax rate paying, so therefore we're limited in textbooks. Certain teachers are going to come and teach, and then they're frustrated with life. So here's this cycle. Mm-hmm. So how then can we actually say, or, or actually assess them based on the patterns and rituals that they have when that's probably all they know. No, no, that's true. And I don't think he was saying that. I think he was talking to each individual, not judging 
any ritual or pattern. I don't think he was judging it. He, when I when I for what I picked up, he's just saying that we have them. He wasn't saying he didn't go into detail saying where we got them from. He's saying we have them, and if you look at your life, you can see why you're where you are. Now that would apply to anybody. We all have rituals. So what my question leading into that for you was, what habits do you consciously practice so that you continue to move forward as a as a book publisher, as an author, as a business consultant? What habits do you regularly practice so you can t- continue to move forward toward greater and greater success? Structure, order, and discipline. That's what I'm made of. And my clients that are close to me know that if it's something going on, I have a close friend. All I talk to her about is money. I'm like, you don't need to go to the mall. Stop spending money. You know, so, and she's like, I don't want to hear that. You know, but she knows that if she's talking to me, that's what she's going to hear from me because I have a certain structure, order, and discipline about every aspect of life. If you need something done and you want it done and managed properly, I'm your girl. I am not the person that's going to say, oh, sweetie, you know, you really should. That's not me. I'm very direct because Things in life have to be done. You have to be disciplined, you have to be structured, and you have to do things in order. That is my mantra. That is what I live by day in and day out. Okay. Okay. And if that's working for you, then certainly you should you should continue with that. But everybody finding some type of a habit or ritual that works for them. What was the experience like, Erica? creating CEO to the power of you. What was that? What was it like creating this book? Is it your first book? What was it like? And did you interview business leaders, do some research to generate the material for the book? What was it? What was the process of creating the CEO to the power of you like? Oh, Denise, it was a process. You hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it took me three years to write this book. Wow. Yeah. took me three years to write this book. And actually, I was a little down about the timing, but I looked at a, a, a YouTube video of Dr. Dennis Kimbrough out of Atlanta, and he said it took him seven years. So he actually took the weight off of my shoulders, and I so wow. thank Dr. Kimbrough for that. And um, I went through it, and I took my experiences from traveling around the world, whereas I bring in different cultures into my book and how they do things and how I observe the cultures and what they talked about and how this, this actually can work in our lives. And, of course, I said that, you know, I'm a structured, organized, and disciplined individual. But in order for you to achieve goals, you have to be structured, or organized, and disciplined. And those principles we all possess because when you think about it, you go to work every day, you get off, you follow the rules and regulations, you are disciplined, and you're able to work within a structure. And in order to get your job done, you have to be organized. Why do we dismiss all of those principles when we go home? You already possess the characteristics. Activate them in your personal life. So when I wrote this book, that was what I was saying to individuals in the book. Listen, you already possess this. I'm not asking you to utilize something you don't have. I'm only asking you to utilize it for your personal gain. Okay. We only have about five minutes left in today's show, and I wanted to ask you a few other questions briefly. Uh, one being how people can get a copy of your book. But first, what what have you learned about yourself while you created CEO to the Power of You that you didn't know before you wrote the book? I learned that I am so anal retention, <laughs> it's not funny. You know, oh. I thought that 
oh, my goodness, I am very firm. I've had friends to tell me, you know, in a roundabout way that I'm firm, but I realize how anal I really am about things. Like, I am, if, if, if there's no structure, it bothers me. You know, I just feel like things should be organized. So I I learned just how anal I really am. But me being anal gets my clients the success that they so want. So it's okay because I am producing producing an outcome, a positive outcome to grow a person's business. And, you know, somebody has to do the job, so I'm okay with that, Denise. (laughs) Okay, okay. Where can can off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your book, CEO to the Power of You. Where can they get copies online, and where can they get copies of your book, CEO to the Power of You, offline? Well, they can get copies of the book, CEO to the Power of You, at CEO to the Power of You.com. They can get it at Amazon. It's also on Kindle. Um, I've not yet uh, uh, put it out in bookstores yet because I'm not really ready to give up 65% of my book profits when it cost, took me three years to write a book. So I'm kind of trying to negotiate and work that out. Um, and I'm doing it in a roundabout way by going to the universities and having the universities to go to – actually, I have a university now that's going to order some books, and they're going to Barnes & Noble, which is going to force Barnes & Noble to come to me, which is going to force me to be able to get a better percentage off of my writing profits. And I think that that's a bit excessive um, in wanting me to ha- – in my wanting them to carry my product, that they're going to get that large percentage. So at this particular point, it is online with Amazon and Kindle, and they can also get it at CEO to the Power View. Okay, so it's, you say Amazon and Kindle, so that means it's – who has the Nuke? Is that Barnes & Noble who has the Nuke? Barnes & Noble has the Nuke, yes, and uh, okay, so Amazon so has the Kindle. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you – tell us how you spell CEO to the Power View, the website at URL. Is it it's spelled out. Yep, C E O T O T H E P O W E R O F Y O U dot com. It's just spelled okay, so out C E O to the power of U dot com. Yes. So it's spelled just the way it sounds. Right. Are, are you working on my me? name too? Oh, okay. Erica Murray and that's Erica A. Murray. <laughs> Erica right. A. Murray, yes. Are there are are you working on any new material? As we only have two minutes left, are you working on any new material? And if so, can you let us know what you're working on and when we can expect to see it on the market? I am working on an a, a audio book for CEO to the Power of You right now, and that should be out in about two months. And then also, I'm working on my new book, which is CEO to the Power of You. This version is uh, become CEO of the most powerful corporation in the world, which is you. And the next one is going to be just another series of CEO to the Power of You. So it's going to deal with transition, transformation, and triumph. And when 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 do you when do you think that'll be? What this year or next year? Uh, that's going to probably be 2013, going into 2014. Yes, because um, I just want to have that information uh, that's applicable when I put it in there. Yes. All right. If somebody wanted you to come speak at an organization they're affiliated with, Erica, how would they contact you? They can contact me um, at ericaamurray.com, that website. There's a contact link there, or they can send an email to info at ericaamurray.com. Um, they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, also on Skype at Murray Business. They can send a message to me. Oh, okay. Thank you so much, Erica. We have had a this hour, as usual, has blown by. We have been speaking with Erica Murray and. 
is the author of CEO to the Power of You, and there's going to be a book series. And she is working on the new book, the audio book version of CEO to the Power of You. She's working on now, which will be up in a couple of months. And then she's also working on another book in the series about how you can live a successful life, whether you're a business owner or an employee and somebody who doesn't ever want to own a business. But that is what CEO to the Power of You is about, which we spoke about here today on Off the Shelf. We want to encourage you to get a copy of CEO to the Power of You. You can either go to her website, and the URL is spelled exactly the way it sounds, CEO to the Power of You.com. She's also online at Erica a Murray dot com e r i c a a m u r a y dot com. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Erica. We appreciate all you shared. You gave a lot of good tips and advice here today. And for those looking for some business consulting, you can also reach out to Erica Murray for that because she works with global firms, small businesses, and firms in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. to help them expand their their brand and grow their business. Something that every business owner, I'm sure is looking to do. So we want to thank you for being here with us. We thank our listeners who are on the call, we in the chat rooms, however you tuned in today. We thank you for being here with us. We'll be back next Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, bringing you another fabulous guest here at Off the Shelf. So we look forward to having you back here next Saturday. And as I always tell you, remember you are so incredibly valued and so truly blessed. Go out and create a marvelous, marvelous day for yourself. And happy, happy New Year. Erica, thank you, thank you, thank you again. So happy to have you here with us. And I'll send you an email. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Signing off for right now. See you next Saturday at 11 o'clock. Bye for now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.